Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Hey, Merry Christmas, Kimberly. Merry Christmas and to you. And Happy New Year as well, because we're just at that pivot in the All long the calendar of the year That's right. where a page is turned. Mm-hmm. Celebrating Christmas and looking forward to a new year. It's all together this week. So glad to have you come alongside. I'm glad to be here. And as we are walking through this Christmas and holiday season, we here at Viewpoint have been well, telling the story of a family in Michigan that for many years wrote a Christmas carol every Christmas as a gift to their friends, to their fellow churchgoers, and to their family. Mm-hmm. That family was named Burt, B-U-R-T, and the Burt Carols have become a, a collection, a, a reservoir of really beautiful music that speaks deeply into the soul. This is a little bit of their story. Bates Burt is a pastor. He's an Anglican pastor, and he serves for over a quarter century in Pontiac, Michigan. Beginning in 1922, he decides, I'm just not going to send a Christmas card to my friends. I'm going to write them a song. So he creates lyrics and music, and then he designs a Christmas card, and he sends that off to his family and friends, hand-delivered often. Then, as he is married and has a family, his kids grow up, and he has a son named Alfred, who has a predisposition to music, and he recognizes that, and he invites Alfred into the family Christmas tradition of writing these songs. So Alfred Burt, together with Bates Burt, his dad, uh, start writing these carols, and this is in the early 1940s. Bates Burt will die in 1948, but his son Alfred continues the tradition of writing the carol and partners up, collaborates with the church organist where his dad had pastored for so many years. That woman's name was Wella Houston. She lived to be 102, Goodness. a long time. She just uh, passed away uh, in this new century. But Walla Houston and Alfred Burt then collaborated on some of the most famous of the Burt Carols. Originally, they didn't imagine that they'd be published, but in time, they have so much merit that other people said, well, we want that copy too. This carol that we want to talk about this week, which is a great bridge from Christmas to the New Year, is called the Star Carol, maybe the most famous of the Burt Carols. And it was the last one written in 1954 because Alfred Burt was a young man just age 33, but he was dying of cancer. Mm. And together with the church organist, he composed and conceived of this elegant verse, which talks about Christmas, it talks about life, it talks about hope, and it talks about how we should go forward. Hear then this, the Burt Carol, most famous, the Star Carol. Oh, 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 oh. 
As you're listening to our program today, we want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. We have a toll-free number that's open and up and running 24 hours a day and seven days a week. A live voice will pick up on the other end. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. As one year ends and a new year is born, as you're thinking about Christmas and the new year, maybe you just want to talk. Give us a call. We're always glad to hear from you. I'll give you the number again at the end of our program today, but know this, we always want to hear from you. Kimberly, we just listened to the Star Carol. So beautiful. Beautiful song that just is soothing and calming. Mm -hmm. It just makes me want to cuddle up by the fire with a cup of hot chocolate and some melted marshmallows. But it's more than just a feel-good song. It's really got depth and content. And it references a very important emblem of Christmas. I mean, everybody gets this. Even if they don't know the Christmas story well, uh, at Christmas we celebrate the birth of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and so much of the motif of Christmas has imagery that speaks to the truths of that story. And one of the most important emblems of the Christmas story is a star. I mean, we see stars on the top of Christmas trees, we see stars on Christmas cards, we see stars on Christmas gift wrap. I'll tell you what, growing up in Seattle, one of my big traditions, there was a department store downtown called the Bon Marche. Uh, now it's a Macy's, but it's still there. Huge, right at the center of the city, Westlake Center, which was kind of the retail heart and core. And the way the building is positioned, it can be seen from many different angles. And for over 60 years, they put a star. It, this building, I don't know, it's 10 mm. stories high or whatever. And the star goes from the top to, all the way down to the street. And when you look up, it's just lights going out in every direction and then there's a a light that just funnels down so you can stand at the foot of the star and be in that light Mm. i mean it's so amazing because a star is a big christmas emblem but why where's that come from now you know the story you're in the bible you teach bible where does the star first appear in the whole biblical narrative where do you think it comes from well, there is a prophecy in the Old Testament uh, about a star, and uh, that shows up for the first time in the story of Balaam, way back in Numbers. Balaam. There's a name. Yeah. <laughs> and, Balaam, and a story. Balaam is a very curious figure. He's referenced in the New Testament, too, and not favorably. But he was a man who seemed to have the capacity to actually prophesy or to foretell, to declare the word of God. And even though he had some darker sides, he tempts the Hebrew people to betray their faith in one sad chapter of his life. In other chapters of his life, he seems wholly committed to only speaking what God has disclosed to him. And in Numbers chapter 24, he has this famous prophecy that people ever after saw as a signal of God's deliverance coming in the future. And it says, behold, I see a star from Jacob. I see this king arising. I see this one coming. A star shall arise from Jacob. I can't see him now, but I will see him in time. It's very clear that Balaam's saying, I'm giving you a prophecy that's not fulfilled now, close by in the near term, but over time there will a star arise from Jacob, and this star will deliver God's people. It's in the context of some local enemies in the day. It has some 
context that is immediate in the moment. The people are struggling. They feel oppressed. But he's promising. No, God is promising through him that there will be a star that arises from Jacob. Now, Jacob is the name of the father of the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jacob has another name, which is Israel. That was the name he was given uh, as he walked into the promises of God. But when we talk about a star shall come from Jacob, there is a prophecy. There is going to come a deliverer, a spectacular persona, the fulfillment of prophecy. The Messiah is going to come, and he's going to come out of Jacob, out of the descendants of Jacob. So from early, early in the biblical revelation, there's this sense, there's a star coming. But then wait a minute. When Jesus is born, there's a big star story that actually ties right back into it, doesn't it? And that's told in Matthew chapter 2. And many of us have heard some bits of this story. We talk about the three wise men, but we're not really sure if there were three or ten or two. But there are some wise guys. They're coming from what we would call modern-day Iran, ancient Persia. And they're coming to find this king who has prophesied the star from Jacob because they've seen a star. That's right. Let's walk through this story, Kimberly. This is Matthew chapter 2. I'll read from verse 1, then you pick it up. Okay. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? I might insert here, that star of Jacob. (laughs) Well, we have seen his star as it arose and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah would be born, he asked them. Pause here, just remember, even Herod, who was not himself a godly man, understood there was a prophetic witness in the Old Testament that was predicting the coming of a Messiah. He didn't worship God, but there was something truthful about that that haunted him. And now it seems to be happening in his own lifetime. So he's going to go get the guys who read the Bible to figure out what to do. So he asked them, where's the Messiah to be born? What does the Bible say? In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will shepherd my people Israel. What happens next? Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned for their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. And so... Alfred Burt and the church organist, Willa Houston, wrote these words. Long years ago on a deep winter night, high in the heavens a star shone bright. While in a manger a wee baby lay, sweetly asleep on a bed of hay.
striking to me about the Star Carol, which uses as a reference point the star of the scriptures and pointing to Jesus, is that this song was written as Alfred Burt was dying. Think about this. He's a young man. He's married. He is caring for the tradition of writing a, a Christmas carol every Christmas as his father had taught him. It's the early 1950s. The Korean War is just winding down, and he's diagnosed with cancer. And he struggles with this cancer disease, knowing that it's eating his body, 
for a year. And in this last year of his life, as he's approaching what he surely understands will be his last Christmas on this earth, he writes this song together with Wiley Houston. And that makes for me the words even more powerful. Right. He's only able to hear the song performed at a church in Los Angeles from a wheelchair where his body at the age of 33 has been diminished so much and he'll pass away, it'll be his last Christmas. And yet it's a song that speaks to us about how the star of Jacob, the star of Bethlehem, that the person to whom it leads us is in fact the Messiah, the one who gives hope for life, not just in this world, but the world to come. And Alfred Burt is writing a song that transcends life in this world. It goes on to life eternal. This is the gift of Christmas. And when you come to terms with this, your life in eternity, you're free to live life even now. As we face a new year, we have to acknowledge it's unpredictable. We cannot control events. But wow, the joy and the peace and the wonder we can have when at Christmas, as the year ends, we are reconnected, we are reaffirmed, our faith is renewed, or we make an original first choice to accept Jesus as Lord, to give him room in our hearts. Listen to this last stanza that the Star Carol holds. Dear baby Jesus, how tiny thou art, I'll make a place for thee in my heart. And when the stars in the heavens I see, ever and always, I think of thee. When in the heavens the stars I see. You know, the star of Bethlehem led the wise men to some unexpected destinations, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they went to Jerusalem looking for the king, but he wasn't there. I mean, it's true when you seek after Jesus, you may find yourself going in some places you didn't imagine you'd go. That's right. It's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. And some of those may seem like unexpected twists and turns, but actually they're the hand of God. Maybe the Lord is calling you into a church house of worship that you never imagined you'd walk into. Mm. Maybe the Lord is calling you to come alongside some people who are desperate that you never thought you'd notice before. Maybe the Lord is calling you into a new vocation or a new job, or, or maybe the Lord is calling you to be restored to a family that you thought you had walked away from ever. I mean, there's so many places that you can go when you're seeking Jesus that God will be leading you to. But the disciples the shepherds, the wise men, everyone who is actually seeking truth will find Jesus. That's what I think the scripture tells us. Mm -hmm. And when you find Jesus as the shepherds did, as the wise men did, as the disciples later would do, they always find joy. Mm. They fall down and worship Jesus, and there's a certain joy, there's a peace, there's a calm. And they make a decision, we're not walking forward without him. We're not going anywhere else in life without the conscious knowledge of his presence. We're going to allow him to cause us to be made new from above. And that's what Christmas is about as you are at the dawn of a new year. Kimberly, if, if someone were to ask you today, how can I find that guy? How, how can I make the star of Bethlehem uh, real in my life? How can that star of Jacob shine in me? What would you tell them? I would tell them to seek that star, to pray and ask Jesus to be a part of their lives and to take over their heart. And it's as simple as that. That's how you begin. We think sometimes that that's not enough, but it is enough. Mm. Right now as you're listening, all you have to do is make a decision. Just like you're making a decision about where to go tomorrow or what kind of clothes to wear 
tomorrow when you go to work, or you're making a decision about what to eat tonight. These are decisions you're making in your head and heart. Similarly, at a much more deep and profound level, you can make a decision. I'm going to find Jesus. I'm going to seek him. And I promise you, those who seek find where to start. Start with prayer. Prayer matters. You can today, right now, you can surrender your life into the arms of God in the person of Jesus Christ. You can do that today. You can pray with us. And you can set the stage for a whole new year that will be unlike any year you've known before. You can make the decision to pray with us and find others who can walk with you and nourish you and feed you in your faith in your new adventure. You can pray today that Jesus will be disclosed to you in powerful and unmistakable ways. All of that starts with a prayer and a choice in your heart. You can make room in your heart just like Alfred Burt and Willa Houston in their Star Carol suggested. You can make a place in your heart. Pray with us right now. Just bow your heart, quiet your heart, your mind, and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that no matter what comes our way, no matter how difficult the mountain might be to scale or how deep the valley might be to cross, we're so thankful that no matter how bright the sun might be shining, we still need you and that you are longing to be with us. And we're so thankful, Lord, that you hear our prayers. We're thankful that right now, as we bow our hearts before you, in Jesus' name, that you have made a way for us to be heard, that through the work of Jesus in this world, we can come straight to you, that our sins, our failures, our mistakes, our errors, all the, the harm we may have caused, all the guilt that we may have carried, all the shame we might feel, that all of that is wiped away as we bow before you in Jesus' name, and that you can cause us to have a fresh start. You can renew our minds. You can order our steps. You can change the nature of, of life itself. You can give us a sense of purpose and destiny. You can open up a new year as a new creature in Christ. Lord, we're thankful for all of this and pray that as we have celebrated Christmas and are now moving towards the new year, we pray, Lord, that you will cause us to be born again from above, made new and fresh. We admit our sin, our helplessness, and we admit also our faith and our hope that you will change us and hold us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus,
not sure what to do next. Thank you for praying with us, but want to take another step? Give us a call. Do it right now. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear from you. Not sure how to find some other believers of Jesus who can help you along the way? We'll help you get there. Not sure what to do next, what your next step should be? We'll help you. Not sure what to do with your Bible? We'll help steer you. Give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. 1-800-757-8439. Now, Kimberly, I know some people won't pick up the phone, but they might go online. Where can they find us? Find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. And if they just send us a message, we'll reply. I promise. Send us an email through that website. We will get right back to you. You can also read about the ministry there, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Or at the last, send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, please, before the new year dawns, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Kimberly, there's so much to celebrate in life, even as there are some dark corners. There's so much to look forward to, isn't there? That's the truth. That's beautiful to celebrate that at the season. And as we celebrate the birth of Christ and welcome the dawn of a new year, it's our prayer that you will find joy and life and blessing in Him, in your faithful pursuit of Him. I promise you, the Lord will hear your prayer. Seek Him and you will find. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministries team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, for Kimberly Majeski, my co-host today, this is Jim Lyon. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year and stay tuned.